are you growing up or are you growing old? Verse 33 says the following, but they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. I'm sorry, verse 33. They came to Capernaum when he was in the house. He asked him, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. In other words, childish. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be very lost and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. So, it's interesting that in a way Jesus makes this comment, he's, he's telling the disciples, how can you be so childish that you walking this road with me, being the disciples of Jesus, wanting to follow in my footsteps, wanting to do what I have done, you can't see that I'm a servant of all. And now you're arguing amongst each other and you want to see who is the greatest. And by the way, Jesus is not against this idea of wanting to be great. He's not saying, hey, you shouldn't aspire to greatness. You shouldn't aspire to one day when you're old, on your deathbed, you must look back and you think, wow, I've actually accomplished something. I've had a significant life. That's not what God or Jesus is against. So what he's saying is this, the sin of comparison. He's saying, hey, why can you be so childish? To say that I want to be greater than the other one. I want to be the greatest. I want to be the standout amongst the disciples. I want to be the standout amongst the crowd. So then, and Jesus says, okay, but hey, I want to illustrate something. I want to tell you something. I want to show you something. So he picks up a child and he carries the child with him to, to the disciples. And he says, if you want to be great, then you must do this. You must be a servant of all. And then he ends off by saying, if you receive a child, then you receive me. And then also, if you receive me, then you also receive the one who sent me. So he's, he's using the child in this illustration to communicate a couple of things. The first is that if you want to be great, you must be the servant to all, even little children. Somebody said, if you want to check if somebody's really mature, see how they handle little children. How do, how do they see them? If you want to check if a pastor really wants to get into pastoral ministry, if he's mature enough to get into pastoral ministry, go and send him to the kids area. Tell him, hey, go and disciple those kids. I also believe that's why when, we, when you read the qualifications for eldership is that you must be able to manage your own household good. In other words, you must be a good children's pastor in your house before you can lead adults. But a lot of us, we just get irritated. We are irritable whenever there's a baby crying. So Jesus is saying, hey, listen here, you want to be great, you must become a servant to all. And this is, includes even serving little children. And welcoming little children like I have welcomed, welcomed little children. So that's, that's the first point that Jesus is making in this passage about being 
like and or receiving receiving children and it comes from his heart that we must be servants of everybody servants of all because often often we want to go to the people that can give us the accolades children will never give you the accolades and and <laughs> actually the opposite is true the my biggest insecurities came out when I did a little bit of youth ministry. If you've ever done youth ministry, they are the most honest people alive. Amo, the way that you dress is horrible. How can you? What, what did you do there? Hey, Amo, you, hey, who's smelling? What, what's happening here? Hey, is this, hey, what's happening? I remember when we, we were, Konala um, was dating and the pastor asked us to, um, to babysit his kids, and his kids were, I think, they were nine and nine and ten. And then, while we were reading them a Bible story, actually just allowed one of them to go. You know, one of them just by chance. I was I was training and running a lot, so my metabolism was um, very strong. So I just let a little winky run, <laughs> and then I'm trying to be very holy there. And then the one girl looked at me and she said, poop. <laughs> everything was everything was poor. So so God's saying, Hey, are, are we willing to serve even those people that can that are so honest? Are we willing to serve little children? Because even in that in that time, um, children wasn't wasn't the people that should be allowed into the mainstream religious arena. They weren't allowed to, to participate. That's why it was so radical when Jesus was a little boy. He went and taught the Pharisees. He taught in the temple when he was only 13 years old. So childish disciples should receive children. That's what Jesus is telling us too. Then Mark 9.42, Jesus makes this statement he says if anyone causes one of these little ones those who believe in me to stumble it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea so jesus is making a statement that we have a special responsibility not only to serve little children to serve those people that won't be able to give us anything in return but also that we have responsibility to help them Let's bless that dad. <laughs> Get excited when babies cry in church because they are committed people, committed parents in our, in our house. And so Jesus is saying, yes, we need to serve them, but we also have a responsibility. And that responsibility is not only towards your own children. That responsibility is also to the children in your sphere of influence. Is that if one of us do anything, that make them stumble. It is better for us to have a millstone around our neck and to be cast into the deep ocean. In other words, it's better for us to suffocate, to drown a death like that kind of death if we allow our modeling of how Christianity should be, our modeling or our lifestyle to make little kids stumble. This week, for instance, a, a mother messaged me and said, Hey, Amor, you're the only person that I know that I have overcome pornography. I'm like, surely I can't be the only one 
And what she was, what she was saying is she was referring to a family member that is watching pornography and the influence it has not only on her, but on the whole family. She, you know what? If we want to take this literally, what we are doing is we need to understand that every action that we do, we carry the responsibility for that action to actually be, be good and be healthy also for the kids that surround us. And not only what they see, but also what they pick up in the spirit. So if you, for instance, watch pornography late, late night on your cell phone or on your computer, your kids will pick it up in the spirit. If you, for instance, if you go drinking with your body, buddies, but you're never, you're never drunk at home, your kids will pick it up in the spirit. And it's better for you to take a millstone around your neck and be cast into the ocean. That's what Jesus is saying. If you are doing something that you're not allowing your, your kids to see and you're thinking, oh, I can hide it from my kids in the spirit, the demon's like, wow, I'm going to remind them. I have an open door in your family. I'm going to tell your kids what you're doing. They won't necessarily pick it up, know exactly what you're doing, but they will pick it up in the spirit. And the same is for the kids that we are discipling. The same is for what's happening in, in the city. That's, if you want to have just a, some evidence for what's happening, go and speak to Philippa Morena from Life Community that feeds 1,500 kids and disciples them and have schools and want to see mighty kids established in the impoverished communities of George. If you hear what's happening there, it's crazy. And it's not only their parents that are at fault, it's also us as a community that needs to take charge of this. That's why I'm excited when Francho and Lenny says, hey, we're going to adopt a baby and we're going to tell everybody that we're adopting and we're going to come as close to forcing people to adopt because that's a great way of establishing God's kingdom. And we have more, more couples now signing up for adoption. Why? Because that's where, where we can serve Jesus. By looking after kids. By celebrating a young life. By the way, it's actually easier to disciple a young kid than an old grown-up because often we've only grown old, not up. What comes with, with age? Cynicism. No, yeah, the Bible is true, but hey, I've, I've experienced this. Hey, no, I can't really trust people. A child's just like, hey, I trust. I trust you, Dad. Hey, oh, oh, you're telling me about Jesus. I trust what you're telling me. I know if this wonderful, wonderful time with my, with my kids, if I tell them a story about Jesus, they believe it. So I've been praying over them a couple of things, but one of the things I would pray over them is that they would get a, a love for the Word. Only Eva can read, so she, she loves the Word already, but... Nicholas is trying to get to, to understanding and to be able to read the Bible. So I'm praying it over them. So we're doing this hike down the valley close to Sarsfeld on Wednesday. And I see Nicholas is carrying his bag. And he tells me, hey, I'm like, hey, what's in your bag? He says, no, a couple of things. And he says, one of the things is his Bible is in his bag. <laughs> so he's carrying it down this gorge at Sarsfeld. I'm like, why, why do you have your Bible in your bag? 
He says, yeah, no, no, dad, open, open my bag quickly, take out the Bible, and then you throw it up, and then it will fall open, and then we just read a bit of scripture. Like, where did you get that? That's crazy. Let's do it. So we, we open it up, and then we read something about the, the Israelites that were coming against this nation, and the, this nation, I think it was the Moabites, they thought they are going to uh, have victory over the Israelites, but eventually the Israelites won. I'm like, hey, this is a great story. Let's take it. Last night, I uh, went into this room, and he was lying there in his bed, and he, he told his little brother he's not going to take the switch the light off because he still want to read his Bible. So he's opening his Bible, and he's opening it at Lamentations and, and, the, and uh, Jeremiah. I'm like, yo, that's not maybe the best book to start with. But, but something about the childlikeness is coming out. Hey, Lord, you can speak. Let's throw open the Bible. It's not maybe the best hermeneutic. Maybe you come to Bible school, you learn a better hermeneutic. But sometimes you must just be childlike. God, speak to me. Bah! So one morning I opened up the Bible. I, I didn't have time at, at home to, to do my Bible study and, uh, and had this problem with one of my wisdom teeth. It, it would open up and then it didn't really open up, come th- came through my, my flesh. So it would just gather all the rubbish and it would stink. And it really became a problem for my wife. So my wife didn't want to kiss me anymore. So it became a problem for me too. And then I opened my Bible that morning and it, I was opening it up at Job. I, I didn't intend to now get a word from the Lord by doing it. I just wanted to open up so I can page to wherever I was reading, and I opened, and the first scripture that, that caught my eye, it said this, and even my breath became offensive to my wife. How funny is that? God wants to speak. There's a childlikeness in our relationship with the Lord that God wants. So we're talking about responsibility. So we need to be responsible with the way that we conduct our lives so we're not allow little kids or even people that are immature in their faith to stumble. I've often had this conversation with, with people. They would say, hey, I've just led this person to the Lord. And then they would take them, bring them to church once. And then the second Sunday, that person would rock, rock up at church, the person that's now led to the Lord. But their guy, the person who led them to the Lord, didn't rock up at church because they were playing at the beach or watching soccer and then this guy would come and ask me, hey, um, I don't know, have you seen so-and-so? I'd say, no, I don't know where so-and-so is. So I'd phone the guy who just led this person to the Lord. You know what you are modeling? You are modeling that gathering of church is not important to a young believer. And it's of utmost importance. You are failing them. Everything we do, we need to model Jesus. So we have responsibility towards children, but also to to young, young people in the faith. And then Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. We're jumping a bit now. Again, Jesus speaking about children, using children. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. Why? Because it was... This was not the thing that normal rabbis would do. Just allow children to interfere with the important, serious teaching of the Word of God. How can they do it? They just come in. They interfere. They scream. They cry. 
There's a dirty nappy. Don't know what they use that. Probably a, some sort of a nappy. And Jesus, what did he do? He rebuked them. I'm not talking, by the way, I'm not talking about ill-disciplined children. Every now and then, Cornell and I would say, hey, that kid is not a kid. He's just ill-disciplined. That's not childlikeness. That is just ill-disciplined. But so Jesus is proving a point again. He's, he, dis, he rebuked the disciples. Verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Sorry, the disciples rebuked them. And then Jesus was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the little children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Are you growing up? Are you growing old? If you're growing old, you're missing this door that God has opened for us to get into the kingdom. And the kingdom, hopefully we understand this by now, is not one day into heaven. That's not the only part of the kingdom that's really important to us. The kingdom was also about the kingdom and the establishment of the king's reign on this earth. Getting to see, wow, if I apply this principle of childlikeness in my life, then the kingdom will start manifesting within my family. The kingdom will start manifesting in my children, it will start manifesting in my in our, in our city, we'll start manifesting in our, in our schools, we'll start manifesting everywhere. Why? Because the kingdom is like a little child who can just enter because the dad's the worship leader. So if we're not becoming childlike, we are missing this door into the kingdom. And it's just more fun. We were, my, my mother-in-law, she's taking this maybe too far. But the other day we were at, um, at that, I think it's, it's the Wimpy there in Heidelberg. If you've been to that Wimpy there. So we, we stopped there because if you have kids, you have to stop almost like in every town, those of you young kids. And you and must do a lot of stuff. So... We're ordering something there at Wimpy, and we're sitting there, and we looked up, and there's my mother-in-law. She's 60 plus on the top level of the playground. You know those things that you climb in? Playing there with the kids. We don't know if we're embarrassed or we're proud of my mother-in-law. It's, it's just embracing the childlikeness. You know how much my kids value the input that that mother-in-law gives into their lives. And so is string work. She can get really, not angry, but quiet. She's very well, she's very good with kids, disciplined. Why? Because it communicates childlikeness and it just creates opportunity for you to speak into people's lives. It's the same with, with adults. We also actually enjoy, enjoy that. If somebody is vulnerable here in front, if I share about my pornography struggles. I'm just being childlike. I'm just saying, hey, I had, I had this problem. God helped me to overcome, overcome it. Hey, you don't have to have that problem. You can relate to that. But if you try and be all grown up, 
all old. No, no, I don't have any problems. I'm unemotional. I'm not going to raise my hand. No, I won't be able to dance. Kids ir irritates me. I can't believe we carry on with the same song over and over. Like, wh what, are you, what are you doing? You're just communicating to the Lord. Hey, I'm too old for you. That's why David was a man after God's heart. Like a little boy, he danced before the Lord, before the ark. He danced even to the extent that he's wife said, listen here, you are embarrassing me. I think we must get to a point where our wives complain about, hey, you're an embarrassment. You're so childlike in church. Please, Dad, not, not again, don't dance again singing at the top of your lungs, embarrassing all of us. Not again, Dad, please, not again. Childlikeness. And then Mark 10, 17 to 31, we see the rich ruler comes to Jesus. And again, it's a young man. So this whole theme of, of youth coming through. And this rich ruler comes to Jesus and he's saying, hey, I've kept all these laws. And then Jesus says, okay, but now you've kept all of them. Great, well done. I want you now to take everything that you earn sell it, and give it to the poor. And this rich young ruler walked away. And Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom. So what was Jesus saying? He's saying the rich young ruler was actually too old for the kingdom. Why? Because he allowed, like we see in the parable of the sow, he allowed for the thorns and then if you read in Mark 4 about the parable of the sower, you will see that, it, that the thorns actually, it's a metaphor for the cares of this world and the, the luring away by the riches of this world, away from the kingdom. See, he got established on earth and he started embracing and desiring other stuff apart from the kingdom, the fullness of God. And we see that all the time. There's some of my friends that studied with me. They were all for the kingdom. Everything is Jesus. But now when you speak to them, hey, let's go, and, let's go on a mission trip. Or hey, let's do something for the kingdom. They have all these responsibilities. Now I have to pay off my bond. Or I have to do this. Or I have to, hey, I've now, I need to go on a holiday. Or I need to do this. Back then, a holiday was taking a car with no petrol and see how far you can get. And if you have a tent, maybe you'll camp and maybe you won't. Maybe you'll just sleep with somebody that has a house there. We even ended up one day sleeping in the toilets in Betty's Bay because we didn't have anything else, anywhere else to sleep. So Jesus making this point. He says this young, rich young ruler became too old. He's not grown up. To be, to be grown up is also to be a good steward of your wealth. Yes, I agree. But don't allow the cares of this world or the riches of this world to lure you into a place where you feel so responsible that you can't have fun, can't be childlike before the Lord. A child would be like, oh, great. If I, so I give you this sweetie, Dad, then you will give me a bigger chocolate. Yes, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. And that's how the kingdom works. It's, it's a better thing. It's a, it's a transaction that happens. 
Like, hey, I give you my life, my everything, and you give me the kingdom, everything that's in this. Obviously, why not? I'm a child, why not? I trust you, Dad, but now we, we don't believe like little children anymore. So listen to this at the end. Mark 10, 27 and 31. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, in other words, for the rich man to get into the kingdom of God. But not with God. All things are possible with God. So even rich people can get into the kingdom of God. Even if you go through struggles, even if you feel too, too old, even if you have too much responsibility, even if you have too much debt, even if everything that, should have, that could have gone wrong has gone wrong, you're still able to get into the kingdom of God because we are not getting into the kingdom of God on, with our own efforts when we're getting there because of the grace of the Lord. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. So now Peter is like a little child. He says, hey, Lord, but hey, if, if the way that you speak now, there's obviously, there must be a reward for us. But we have given up everything, Lord. And God, by the way, loves this conversation. God, we have given up everything. You, Lord, I know, you know that I've trusted you in this. Lord, I, you know that I've trusted you with my kids. You know, Lord, I've been praying for them. Lord, you know that I've been waking up early to spend time with you. Lord, you know I'm pursuing you even when nobody's seeing. Lord, you know how I'm serving even the youngest. You know how I'm doing this, and I don't want any feedback from anybody. I'm just doing it unto you, Lord. So, Lord, what is in it for me? By the way, God loves that kind of conversation. You think it's presumptuous, but it's not. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. So you'll even get rewards in this present age. Not only one day in heaven. One day in heaven, obviously the, the rewards will be much greater because it'd be like a heavenly reward. But even this present age, you will receive something. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, in other words, properties. But also along with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. And he says, but many who are first will be lost. And the lost will be first. And if we're going to bring back that to the first story that Jesus told or the first incident with the disciples, he's saying, if we are willing to become like little children one, to embrace childlikeness, understand that we have a father we can trust, and also are willing to serve the least among our generation, in our society, then there is a reward of being first. There is a reward of being great. Because one day in heaven, there's going to be a lot of people that nobody has ever heard of, and they're going to be right at the front. Moms, grandmas, right at the front. The preachers, YouTube channel, a couple of million subscribers, 
Maybe they'll be right at the back. Maybe they'll just enter. Maybe some of them won't even enter. Because God values the service that is done to the least of all of us. And he also, he values the attitude of the heart where we like a childlikeness, where we have a childlikeness, embracing everything that he is as a dad so we can receive the full reward at the end. Okay. Amen. So, Frans, will you come as a Ik kan ook maar opkomen. Ik zit bang. Kevin Sunio wezen. Oké, so I just want you to close your eyes. And anything that, that God highlighted, just bring that before the Lord. And it could be even something very practical. It'd be, hey, God, I'm not good with children, but you're calling me to children. Or, hey, Lord, children irritates me. I give that irritation to you because you're not irritated by children. Or, God, I've made many children stumble. I apologize. I say sorry. Or, God, these, the worries of this world, the the deception of riches have made me old. And I've forgotten to be childlike. I just give that to Jesus. And then also just receive the words from God the Father. There will always be acknowledgement where you will say, hey, I acknowledge your heart's desire. I acknowledge your repentance. I acknowledge where you're at. Thank you. It's always God's first response. Because he loves us just the way that we are with our sin, with our insecurities, with everything. He just loves us as we are. But He loves us too much to allow us to stay there. So Holy Spirit, I ask now that you speak to everybody in this room and you're calling them out into this higher place of childlikeness, Lord. Just embrace it. Just say, Lord, I embrace childlikeness. Because I want to receive the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus.
Can I, I want all of you to stand. Okay, so your job today is, or this week, you need to be obedient to this. You need to find a little child somewhere. It could be your own child, it could be at school, it could be just driving past wherever you are. And you need to allow God to speak to you through that child. Say, hey, Lord, uh, You've used children so many times in your illustrations. Lord, just, just speak to me through this little child. Maybe you should go to Park Dean or Tembaletu or maybe you should go to a rugby field where kids are playing, whatever. And just allow the Lord to speak to you through the child. So, Lord, I bless these people, Lord, with a childlikeness, but also the ability to see children around us, with also the responsibility to care for these children. Lord, may we be a house that embraces childlikeness, that embraces children as a big part of your kingdom in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you. Go and change the world. Amen. If you have any prayer needs, come forward. We will pray for you in front. <music>